ear and come before you with thanksgiving. We are so thankful, Lord, that you've given us this opportunity to worship, praise, sit at your feet, hear what you have to say to us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to finish talking about the fact that his word is on a mission. Amen. God's word is on a mission. And we spoke yesterday that the word really refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks of him as the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. We understand also that God issues his word forth out of his mouth. In Isaiah 55 11 uh, that is so such a comforting scripture. I um, had experience with that scripture uh, many, many years ago, I was uh, not in a church, uh, but I had come to know the Lord um, uh, through just the supernatural leading of God. Uh, I had suffered a nervous breakdown and uh, thought my life was over and wanted really to end my life. But God intervened. I began to cry out to God because I, I wasn't sure what was wrong with me. I started having panic attacks and, and uh, couldn't quite get my myself to thinking differently about things I kind of got more and more discouraged and depressed as days went on and I began to cry out to the Lord uh, for help and it, the help came in the form of uh, being born again uh, many of you remember my testimony about the lady that uh, used to witness in the beauty shop where I was and, and uh, I never saw her face I would always hear her testimony and, and the, her uh, her operator that did her hair would kind of introduce her and it was it wasn't really like a joke but it was something she enjoyed hearing but she'd make everybody in the beauty shop be quiet and listen listen while Jerry gave her testimony and uh, Jerry went home to be with the Lord earlier this year as well so the lady that uh, gave her testimony so faithfully and uh, at her home going there were many 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 young people who testified that she had told them about the Lord that was just she just loved talking about God and what he could do and never lost that throughout all of her years serving God she just from beginning to end she was always faithful uh, with her testimony and so uh, I began to cry out to the Lord and I kept asking him how to be saved because I remembered her saying that she was saved and I knew that was what I needed you know somehow on the inside of you when you're separated from God and the answer comes you know the answer you know and and I began to reach out <clears throat> to the Lord and he would uh, have me watch Christian television and that's uh, why I support it to this day uh, it has a place but it does not replace the assembling of ourselves together it's not a substitute for rebellious people who don't want to learn how to uh, walk in the, the promises of God the way they should uh, but it fed me for um, a number of years uh, because I would have these panic attacks and could not go out of the house and become comfortable anywhere so um, you know with, for someone who's shut in it's a good thing that God, God can get his word to them and so I remember being a long time taking medicine for depression I, it just seemed that I would only get so far and couldn't get any farther 
and for a, for a several years it didn't bother me taking medicine but then it began to bother me I, I said you know I can't take this for the rest of my life now you know and the doctors bug you and tell you you know this really isn't doing you that much good why are you still taking it and all this they don't know how to really help people except to a, a certain level and so I kind of got the impression that it was time you know there's there's that thing when God's word is completing a healing in you you know when it's time you know I've been uh, believing confessing you know the whole nine yards but now it's time to step into this healing if I really believe God I am healed I need to step into it and so I remember <clears throat> getting a a, um, a little um, um, Bible you know it wasn't a Bible it was like a one of those little uh, devotional type magazines they would deliver it to your house and that was free I got every free thing on television that I saw that helped people that's why I like sewing now because God sewed so much into me in those days when I didn't have money to sew uh, my own you know uh, so uh, he was able to get those things into my hands and this this uh, devotional had was uh, dated, you know, every day, certain things, certain, certain, certain. And so one of the things that the doctor had told me was that I had been on the medication for so long. He said, well, he said, I don't think you're going to be able to get off of it without getting sick. He said, and so you're going to have to, he said, you'll go through withdrawal. And he painted this really bleak picture. And so I talked to the Lord about it. And I said, well, God, if if that's what he's has to offer me what do you what do you want me to do I said I would like to be able to not take this medicine I said but I don't want to get sick and so the uh, the um, uh, scripture for that day was Isaiah 55 11 and I read it and, and it was what to me it said that when I speak my word it's going to do what it says it's going to do and you will be healed. That's what I interpreted him to say. And so when I looked at the the chapter and verse, I when I was taking the medication I was taking, I took about 50 milligrams of it. Uh, you know, and there were little extra little pills you could add to it. And so it, when I read 5511, he said take 55 milligrams for 11 days and then take no more. And that's what I did. That was my dosage to get off of those pills and stay off of them. And I've never been depressed since. I've had, I have not had to go back to that. God healed me totally. And there was ever no fear of, of, you know, now I would have stressful times in my life and the enemy would, would threaten me with depression or threaten me with something and I would always grab my Isaiah 55 11 and shake that in his face and I said I am healed God has completed this healing and this affliction will not come up arise a second time and so it was just wonderful to walk in that kind of relationship with God where you know that he's speaking to you and you know what he's saying and he, he, he'll do that with all of his kids. 
he has a way that he can get across to you what he wants you to know and that's why I'm so um, uh, wanting people to have their own relationship with God you shouldn't have to depend on somebody else to tell you what God says or all this kind of stuff you need to have a relationship with him where he's your father and you it's personal and you know him and he knows you and there's trust there there's respect there there's reverence of him there's devotion to him uh, it, it has to be that kind of a relationship where it's on his terms his terms not our terms and but you know his terms and knowing how to please him and knowing what he expects of you not to disappoint God and all of that kind of thing that's what I mean when I say personal and so uh, a couple weeks ago I was back uh, winting again and I had told the Lord I said no I'm tired of winting it's time to get rid of this thing you know and uh so anyway, I was back listening to my my uh, healing breakthrough tape, and um, it was kind of early in the morning. I would when I when I know we have a conference coming, I don't sleep much. I sleep when I can, but I tend to wake up earlier than usual. And so I was awake, um, and I looked on Facebook, and I saw Kelly Cruz message. She says, uh, "Join me with." Bishop Wayne Jackson on the you know and so I said oh good I'll tune in and I was shocked I was still awake so <laughs> I'm really tuning in now so when I tuned into the show I was sitting there and I I was listening to see what they were talking about and they were raising some money for the for uh, the uh, the um, TV station you know ministry there and so uh, Bishop Wayne stopped and he had a word of knowledge about uh, someone whose knee was being healed and I just shot my hands it's me it's me it's me it's me it's me it's me, 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 me you know sometimes if you hear a word of knowledge you have to think about it and wonder if you that's not you if you have to think and wonder that's you it ain't you but when your spirit reacts to it immediately and so I got up and I stood on it and I knelt, knelt down on it and there was no pain and I was walking all around and carrying on and so uh, I saw they were doing their fundraiser the telephone lines are open if you have a testimony so I called and screamed and <laughs> in there, just like a regular person you know but the scripture that I had found that morning was Isaiah fifty five eleven again. My same scripture. I was looking for a, a scripture for my midweek encouragement that I send to everybody. And if you don't get it, you can get it. So if, if I don't send it to you, it's because I don't know how to get it to you. I send it through email. So, but uh, the midweek encouragement was Isaiah fifty five eleven, and God told me to tell people His word is on a mission, and He will not stop until He accomplishes that mission. It cannot be interrupted, and so that was encouraging for me because God will always bring you into familiar things to ignite that faith that may be dormant from from years ago and I'd always ask the Lord I said Lord I just don't want our relationship to get stale <laughs> you know I mean you can you try it in a natural marriage you say oh, well whatever <laughs> whatever we'll breathe new life on it tomorrow yeah Oh, it's a joke. Everybody who's married, been married, want to be married, say amen. Whatever. Well. 
but um, God can because he has a covenant with you he can keep his word not to let that relationship go stale and so it's nice to have a renewal of of uh, former things and a renewal of uh, things that were were new and fresh to you when you first met the Lord. You know, it's kind of like uh, the honeymoon uh, when you're first married, where you you know don't have time for anybody but you and me. Me. <laughs> I'm watching you, watching me, watching you, watching. <laughs> <laughs> Until that gets boring, you know. But but with God, it's always fresh and new. It's always exciting, and it's always an adventure, and it's wonderful. So, so it's good. Being His Word is still on a mission in all of us. That Word that He put in you when you were first saved, you were first born again. That Word is still working, 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 working. Whatever He told you about your life's work for Him is still working, 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 working. If you let it work. Isn't that right, Mr. Gary? Mr. Gary, they, we sit up sometimes and talk about old <laughs> We're old timers in the ministry. You know, you've been here 20 years. It's going, well, what do we talk about? Old times. But Mr. Gary always tells a story about how God kept him up all night long. <laughs> we had our first um, Let My People Go meeting. He said, God kept me up all night long. He said, I'd ask God I pray for a guru. <laughs> 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 well, we didn't know about them. them. Mm -hmm. Hey, Guru. But we didn't know all those religious terms about uh, uh, disciple, apostle, and all that. Said, guru. <laughs> so, anyway, I think Chuck even used to use that years ago. Now she's been using it. But <laughs> Tony, my Guru. I said, Oh, brother. Whoa, tell me about it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but anyway. But God keeps his word and that word's still working in him. He's still here. He's still excited about prayer and worship and all of those things and serving the Lord. So those those things will keep you. Once his word, the real word of God comes in you and you accept it and it settles in there. It's it's wonderful to see how that word is faithful and it continues to work in us. So God says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it'll accomplish what I please and it'll prosper in the thing that I send it to. Amen. So it's good to be the thing that God sends his word into. Amen. So that word will prosper in you and it'll always be there for you. One of the things that I enjoyed early in my walk with God was reading the word. And I want to take you to Psalms 119. We'll focus there for a little bit because this was one of my favorite places to pause because it gave me encouragement <clears throat> about God's word. And, and to be honest with you, his word was really all I had. I didn't have a church that I could go to and just be a normal church member. I didn't have anything like that. So I was always wanting to um, have fellowship. But it was much more important, I think, for me at that point to, to focus in on God and get to know him. That's, that's the best thing is to get to know him. Now we get to know him, of course, through the preached word. There's all kinds of ways God has to help us to know him. I think one of the things I can definitely say is that I was was limited in my abilities in God just being at home 
when I got in fellowship, it was like a whole nother different world opened up to me because then you're functioning in the call that God has for you. It's one thing to be called and understand that, but another thing totally to function in it. And so that's that's what happens when you start obeying more the word. It tends to function more in the call that God has for you. His call really, you are called to humanity. We're called to one another. We're not just called to God and to ourselves, but we're called to one another. So in Psalm 119, I found a a passage, a few verses. I'm going to read them to you just to give you an understanding of of how how to love the word and and how important it is to uh, to keep the word in your heart and, and it's such a wonderful thing. In Psalm one nineteen, I think I'll start in verse twenty one twenty nine, he says <clears throat> Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore my soul does keep them. The entrance of your words give light and it gives understanding to the simple. That's such a a, a game changer for people is when the word of God comes into your life you can excel and soar you can take yourself from a a, a zero to a hero or a shero you know uh, just in that knowledge what the knowledge of the word of God will do to you as far as changing you in your perception of yourself and how you perceive your place in the world how you function around other people you can be a person of great understanding of all things because of the word of God there have been people that have had a very very limited natural education but when they begin to expound on God's word sound very eloquent they sound very knowledgeable because they are because God's word has made that difference and they've embraced the word I I remember one of um, uh, Ted Ellis's paintings uh, it's called in the word and it's got a picture of a african-american man's hands and he's reading his bible with a finger going across the page like that but it's just such a simple uh, um, illustration of how a person maybe maybe that person has been reluctant to even pursue education in other ways but with their limited abilities in reading their that their hunger for the word is there you can see all of that projected in that that painting that he has such a hunger for the word he doesn't care if he looks like he doesn't know how to read he's just wanting that word so badly so it's, it's just really good to understand that the word has that kind of influence and that kind of power on people it gives understanding even to the simple he says I opened my mouth and panted for I long for thy commandments I opened my mouth and panted for I long for thy commandments I was thinking about that one day I said you mean tell me every time I go to the refrigerator my mouth is open maybe I just need to meditate on the word grab me a scripture maybe I'll put a bible in the refrigerator or something and stop myself you know I mean whatever it's a thought he says look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou used to do unto those that love thy name order my steps in thy word I want to stay I want to obey your word order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me 
Just don't let me be caught up by uh, things and people and desires and fads and wanting to be known and wanting to be seen and all that, you know, that's in the world now. I mean, it's it's getting bad, folks, because we've got everyday people who think they're supposed to be famous and millionaires, you know, and think of the frustration because the devil don't have no money to give you. His resources are very limited. That's why he has to, he has, whatever he builds up, he can always tear down. And that's what he does. He, you, you can see it in the world now. He goes around for, for a season. He just pumps people up. Oh, they're wonderful. Oh, they're great. And then all of a sudden, one day, you see him come crashing down by some stupid evil report that's been released about him or something. Well, that's him just taking back that money that he's given him because he got now he got to give it to somebody else. So he has no money and he has no ability to create. All he does is steal. He says, deliver me from the oppression of man. So will I keep thy precepts. He's this man, this person is in need of God's mercy and as a vow he's vowing to keep God's word you know because he would rather be in the word and be free to obey God than to be in a a place where he can't be free to to love God and serve him make thy face to shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes rivers of water run down mine eyes because they kept not thy law that's something you know a lot of times you'll see people miss it in God and it's just you just think to yourself you know how what a sadness you know it's just a sad thing when you see the devil get a hold in a person's mind to twist it and bend it so that they walk away from serving God he says 137 righteous art thou O Lord and upright are thy judgments Thy testimonies that you have commanded are righteous and very faithful. So God's word is very faithful. Very faithful. It says, my zeal has consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten your word. You know, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You can get a, a, a hyper-righteousness just out of seeing all the iniquity in the world. You know, it just causes you to want to serve God all the more. It causes you to want to stay more faithful to God. Never let the iniquity that you see get to be uh, an excuse for you falling backwards in your commitment to the Lord. Let it cause that zeal to propel you even more forcefully into the things of God. He says, thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loves it. In other words, there's you can never find any fault in God's word. <clears throat> even when it's slapping you around the, the bathroom or something. You know, <laughs> you sit there and read it for a little bit. Uh, you, you seal, it's so pure. You, you can't find any fault in it. You say, well, God, that's got to be right you know it's got to be the way it's got to go because it's 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 that way he says i am small and despised yet i do not forget your precepts so anybody can believe that word elevates you i don't care how small you are how insignificant you are to the people around you you can walk this earth in great dignity because you obey god's word you can it brings with it a a difference in the way that you perceive yourself and in the way that others perceive you he says thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and thy law is truth i mean it's been proven it it cannot ever god's word can never be disputed or disproved 
trouble and anguish have taken hold on me yet thy commandments are my delight see that word overrides any circumstances that you will ever be in your delight is not in circumstances it's not in the abundance of possessions but your delight is in God's word as long as you know God is up in heaven you know that he can do something for you you know that his word will come to pass for you and his word will help you it says the righteousness of thy testimonies are everlasting give me understanding and I shall live amen give God, give us understanding God so that we can live we'll live in your word and we'll live in righteousness as long as we can get that from you uh, we'll have it so <clears throat> so God's word has that power about it folks it's pure and it's it's life changing it gives us hope and confidence confidence it gives us all of the things that we need so yesterday we talked about the fact that when God's word goes forth out of his mouth it is on a mission and we said the word the root word for mission mission really means to be under the direction let me see what I said it says to it really it's from the Latin word which means to send and it is a set of tasks that fulfills a purpose set by an employer. So God employs himself in sending forth his word. The Greek word for uh, mission is the same word related to apostle. So uh, these two words are the same. The apostle being the sent one. Jesus being the chief apostle. And also mission. And that means to send it out with a task. And send it out with a purpose. So God's word is both purposeful. And it will accomplish a task. That word itself will do what it says. is It fulfills itself. It fulfills itself. The term issue is the same word as launch or sin. And it means a deliberate focused act of aiming at a target. So God's word is always focused and aimed at a target. It's sent as a missile is sent. With great power and with great force. And because it's pure there's no law against it. So there's nothing to stop it. What stops things from happening are laws against them. There's judgments against them where they, they can't happen. But there's no judgment against God's word. As, as far as spiritual things are concerned, there's no law against God's word. So it must come to pass and it must accomplish what, he's, what it is, its intent is to accomplish. So we said also that the word has personhood. It has mental faculties. It has <clears throat> the, the faculties of intent, faculties of timing, wisdom. You know, a timing is a function of wisdom. You know, everything is, is done. It, 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 the Bible talks about Jesus coming in the fullness of time when all things are accomplished. Those are wisdom thoughts. When it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate relate to wisdom. And so when we, we talk about the word of God, it, it is released 
and wisdom is on it because it knows when to manifest, how to manifest, and around whom to manifest. So all of those things are taken to account because the word is the wisdom of God. It is the power and the wisdom of God. So and God brings time with him. He transcends time. So he has time in his hands. It's under his power and under his control. He can roll back time. He can make time stand still. He can accelerate time. And so when God puts us in situations, time is not a factor as far as he's concerned. If we will believe, he will bring time with us and he will manifest himself in a great way. And so that word will definitely come to pass. That word is is uh, powerful. It runs very swiftly across the earth. It has everything in it that it needs in it to accomplish what it says it will accomplish. So the word, when it says the word is pure, that's what it means. There's, that means there's nothing wrong with it. There's no flaw in it. So once you send the word out, that's really all you have to be confident in is that that word, once it's sent out, it's believed, it's targeted, then it will do what it says it's going to do. The word continually works in the earth it is never not working in the earth the word of God is always working in the earth it works we know not how so it doesn't work in a big splash and, and fanfare it just works kind of oftentimes underneath the surface or behind the scenes but then the manifestation comes and everybody can see then what the word did you know because it makes it evident when it's time for it to come to pass and that's so wonderful about God's word we can have total confidence and trust in it because uh, as as we sleep God's word is working as we just send it out and trust God and believe God for things his word is working and it continues to work so it works in a very deliberate manner. Uh, God's word has enough power in it to accomplish what it's set out to do. It, it has its own power component with it. So uh, we know that the word and the spirit agree. The Holy Spirit hovers over the word of God to make it manifest. It's the energizing component of the word of God. So when you read the word and it blesses you that is a manifestation of the word and the spirit agreeing on whatever it is that you have read now, we call it a rhema word or a word that's uh, come evident to you but all of the word of God can be that way if it's believed so you have the uh, ability to believe God's word and believe it fully and so this is the great thing about the word of God that we can <clears throat> believe it and believe it fully. The word of God when put to the test will prove itself out. It will prove itself out when put to the test. I was reading um, uh, um, George Mueller's diary and I thought to myself I said you know this is he, he did back in his day what some of the larger ministries are doing now. I mean he worked on that scale and he had no mailing list he had no pulpit to ask money from he didn't have a regular broadcast where he could sell things and all that kind of stuff he just told God what he needed and made the plans that he did between him and God and I thought to myself I said I wonder 
how how we could test God's word to the full now considering we got all these mass ways of telling people everything you know what I'm saying I mean, sometimes the, the true way to know if God's real or not may be just in your private things that you have between you and God because everything else can be so easily manipulated by man you know I mean if you if you got you know say a thousand members you can get enough money to go on TV you know pretty easily and then you've got potential of 10,000 more just through your mailing list or selling things or making announcements and how much of that really is faith when you think about it because a lot of it's just emotional persuasion or sometimes it's a personality that people like or they're drawn to or something like that and so many times I'm not saying there's anything wrong just go ahead and do your ministry the way you do your ministry but I'm talking about what effect it has on an individual's faith and the accomplishment of the word in the earth because you can have great things done in the name of the Lord but not much faith in him you got me this is true and so then you can see easily how that scripture Jesus it said when God we've done this in your name that in your name he's to depart from me for I never knew you because you work through whatever you work through. I mean, you preach, you got the word out, etc., etc. But he never knew some of the people the way he would like to know them. I'm sure he does know many servants intimately who have large ministries. But I'm saying that it's easy to miss it and miss that intimacy with God because there's so many ways to get the work of the ministry done without really much contact with him on a personal level. And so, but God wants that personal relationship with us, and we need to know that our our faith can be tested and tried, and we can see God's word work and see it manifest. It's it's a wonderful thing to see that. I remember Dottie Rambo uh, when she got sick. Uh, she said that you know people because of her prominence, you know, she would get offers of prayer and so forth she got the attention of some powerful people in ministry you know people like Pat Robertson Oral Roberts call her we're praying for you Dottie anything we can do and and uh, you know they would tell her to do things by faith and she said and I, I put the phone down and I said Buck what is this faith stuff people are talking about you know I mean that's just how little she knew about she knew how to worship God she knew how to write wonderful songs about God she got revelation from the scriptures in that realm but her faith had never been tested for her personally for her needs for her physical uh, a man so forth and so on you know when you're prominent you can skip a lot of things you can get a lot of invitations to a lot of places and skip a lot of the preliminaries as far as the word is concerned because people just want you there for your gift they you know and it's hard to sit people down once they're important you know and get them to take notes and understand and study things so uh, but it, it was unfortunate for her because she suffered so much late in her life because that foundation of faith was never laid uh, in there for her and then after she was up in, in, in the throes of, of a lot of difficulty it was very very hard to get that foundation that basic in there so you're blessed you understand health and healing
you know it'll always work for you but God's word will be tested and and it's tested and tried it's it's pure it'll do what it says it's going to do so you never doubt God's word once you you apply your faith to his word you stay with that because there's nothing wrong with God's word oftentimes there's problems with with us as we apply it but the word is is it has that integrity it'll always be there it's pure it's been tried in Psalm 119, we'll go back there for a minute. It talks about the fact that God's word is forever settled in heaven. I mean, it's, 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 there's no disputing it. Every argument against it has been settled. Psalm 119.89 says that. He says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is to all generations. And you've established the earth, and it's here. It's it abides forever. So God's word, <clears throat> even though it's been tried, how is God's word tried? Well, it's tried in the court of argument and through the court of accusation. When you were apart from God, the accuser of the brethren had you in his grip. And everything he said about you was pretty much true. You know, you had done those things. You were capable of those things. That was your label. But then when redemption comes, the accuser of the brethren is being challenged by the word of God that says that your debts have been paid. You have confessed your sins and God has accepted that. And your plea now is the blood of Jesus. That's the plea that you enter against all accusation against you. The blood paid for that devil. Huh? And so we, that becomes your plea. And so the word then settles that argument because of that blood paid for everything. God himself paid himself for our sins. And so God is satisfied that that's paid. Now the devil will never be satisfied. He always wants to get somebody back in his grip. If he can keep you from enjoying your salvation... That's his, his, that's his main thing with believers. It's always a threat and it's always a, an accusation. You know, if we do something or we, we get in some trouble in some kind of way, he likes to hang around and make us think it's because we've done something that's, that can't be fixed. See, now I'm not saying you don't do things. We all do things, but they're fixed. You know, they can be fixed. And you can get to the point where they don't plague you anymore and you don't do them anymore. Uh, it's amazing how people will, will uh, uh, how the accuser, spirit of accusation kind of just hangs around, you know. Uh, because and that's why I say do things for you and for God and let people be blessed by the change in you. But don't be motivated by people and what they think and what, you know, whether they want to be around you or don't want to be around you, any of that kind of nonsense. Because <clears throat> people will tend to put one another in categories. 
And if we can categorize one another and accuse one another, we feel so much more comfortable, I think. You know, you can, like you can control something or control a report about somebody. And so, and, and that's really what forgiveness is for. Forgiveness is for us to wipe the slate clean between one another. So we start expecting the best out of one another and not the same old sin that we used to do. And so when we, we understand what God is doing through us, then we can understand that there that the word has settled every accusation against a believer it's settled everything it's answered everything and so the council of heaven has settled all of these issues of its own accord the council of heaven being the mind of god the father what he considers, what he thinks, his mind is fixed and his heart is fixed. So it doesn't waver and, and say, you know, well, they're down there messing up. Maybe I won't give them my best anymore. God has no not best to give anybody. He can't send you anything that's not the best, you know. He really can't. He can't, like, give you demerits. Now, you can. Let me tell you how the devil brings you substandard. He needles you and needles you and needles you and gets you to think you're not worth it and you diminish your faith in God's word. Where you started out, you wanted a Lexus, now you didn't got it down to it's a used, you know, you may be a (laughs) three-wheeler. Depending on how you beat yourself up today. That's true. That's why you got to renew your mind in the word, folks. You can't (laughs) go around thinking these weird nasty lewd (coughs) foul thoughts about yourself and other people (coughs) you got to to let love envelop your mind where you believe and you think uh, like God thinks about people you esteem people highly you know sometimes it you know as a minister sometimes it frustrates you to see people living at this turdy level Excuse my English. You know, and it's like God's giving, I mean, come on now. Let's give it a little bit of effort. So can you get in the word a little bit so you can believe this a little bit so that you can get a little bit from God? Come on now. We just, you know. You know, it's always the people who can't believe God's redeemed them. You know, they struggle with everything. I'm thinking, my goodness, come on now. Some of this stuff ain't worth struggling with. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if it, if it, I mean, if it's a cigarette, just go smoke it. But quit struggling. You know, just make up your mind that you're going to believe God can take this from you. But all this mental harangue. Come on now. It's just <laughs> we complicate things. You know, which you're listening to the devil. That's what it is. He's always accusing you. Should you shouldn't be doing that? You should be on beyond that by now. I can't get beyond nothing with you hanging around here all the time. You gonna get beyond something? And you know, people that you know, strugglers always. Then now, all of a sudden, they got a big ministry. They're on Facebook sending announcements around. They're gonna do this and do that and don't never do anything. You know, it's always one extreme or another. You know. Instead of just go somewhere and be a Christian. Can you go in your corner in your prayer closet and just have some time with God and let that be enough? Can you let that just be (laughs) satisfying? (laughs) We always got to blow up or do something goofy. And it 
it never ever satisfies that stupidity in us sometimes you know I mean I don't care how many big things you think you're doing in God if you're not feeling like you belong you will never sense the belonging of God on the inside of you you just you better learn how to get knit in lock in be a part of a fellowship be a part of a body and then let God use you from there but this business of you know go into all the world and be somebody important is nonsense we we don't live in that kind of kingdom this ain't that kind of place Mm -mm, this ain't that kind of place because to whom much is given much is required if you think you're restless now you wait until God really starts requiring things of you and see how how much you want to blow up it comes at a great price so but if God's given it to you that's one thing but this is something you can't create on your own you'll never be able to create this so the council of heaven has already decided these things that's why God's word is forever settled it's already decided but the only the only time God will change is is mercy See, mercy causes him to relax, causes him to give another chance, all of that kind of stuff. His mercy endures forever. So his his mind is fixed, his counsel is fixed. His word is sent to uh, <clears throat> to dispute injustice, controversy, and accusation. So God sends his word to counter these things. Whenever there's a dispute, whenever there's injustice, where there's ever controversy or accusation, God's word is sent to settle these things. If there's a, a, an oppression, an injustice, say somebody is kidnapped or somebody is uh, falsely imprisoned or beaten or something like that, God sends his word out against those things to stop them, to settle them. He sends it through people that he knows will pray. He'll send it he'll send it through anybody he needs to send it through. He will. He'll he'll send it to uh if he needs to have it declared so that people's minds are changed, he'll send it to legislators and politicians. There have been times where we've seen words that we've we've prayed in prayer for years, all of a sudden they're they're blasted across the the banner on the news or or some politician has decided that we're going to change it and do it this way now all that kind of stuff happens because God wants to send his word into these situations because his word is pure his counsel is fixed he is against injustice he's always against injustice and he will root out injustice and make things fair for people so that they can have a chance to have a, a normal life they can have a chance to have their freedom uh, and to fulfill what he put them here on the earth for whenever somebody is oppressed or or uh, <clears throat> hindered from doing what God has called them to do he has to do something about it so he'll send his word to that person that word will come into that person's mind uh, you know I just believe I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to do that or I'm not supposed to be here doing this you know he'll just speak to them and turn their minds around so his counsel his, is already set whatever God has called you to do he's made his mind up about it and he will not change he will not change his mind and he will get you to the point where you're able to obey your part in it so that you can go ahead and fulfill what he wants you to do 
Many times we think, you know, oh, I, I just need to do this more, that more. You know, when God's ready for you to do this and that more, he'll let you know for sure. It won't just be a thought coming to you. I think sometimes for your benefit, you need to do those things. If they'll benefit you more, you need to do them. But don't do it because you think God's going to approve of you more or he's going to love you more, something like that. You know, you're not trying to correct a deficiency in yourself. You're only trying to yield to what the maker is doing on the inside of you. So you have to do these things in a way where you're understanding God's mind. You understand his counsel. You understand what he has that he is is trying to do for us. So the other thing God wants to do. So we said that his word comes to settle issues. Anything in a dispute, injustice, controversy, or accusation. God comes to settle it. He also comes to reconcile. What does that word mean, to reconcile? Well, it means to make right. It means to settle debts, pay off debts. In Romans chapter 5, it means to satisfy a debt. Romans chapter 5, see where do I want to start in that? I think I have another another reference here. Why don't we go to 2 Corinthians 5 instead of Romans. You can go back to that in a minute. But 2 Corinthians 5. Reconciliation is very, very important. And it has to do with any perceived debt or legitimate debt having been canceled and and made right people being made whole when some debt has been incurred so second corinthians 5 uh, i'm just going to start in the beginning because i think it all ties together see he says verse 1 for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So we all know this from at funerals. We pull this one out. For in this we groan, earning, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. So everybody who's, I'd say, saved and know God for real, <laughs> this this tent that we live in is a restriction. It's like a... <laughs> It's like a condemned house. <laughs> we gotta have something better. Oh Lord, don't tell me. It ain't moving as fast as it used to. It's gotta be you know what I'm saying. If so be that being clothed <laughs> if so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not that we would not be unclothed, but that clothed upon, that it, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So we, we desire as believers, your spirit man knows such freedom in God. It's your physical body that's restricting, you know, and we just long to, to have this, this swallowed up in, in life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God who also have given us the earnest of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is our earnest deposit of heavenly things to come. So if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that's your assurance, that's your down payment, your surety of heaven. 
Therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he have done whether it be good or bad. A lot of times we forget that. We got a reward coming folks. We're not going through this just for the you know I just you know I my heart pains for people who are so obsessed with what can they have while they're down here you know using their faith for things that perish and they're falling out with people because they don't have all the uh, career they want and all this kind of stuff it's just you know kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, if you really stop and think how short this is compared to eternity you want to bank as much up there as any any smart person I mean you know you go on Wall Street if you can get half the people to believe this they quit their jobs they said what are we doing down here let's go bank some stuff up in heaven verse 11 knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men but we are made but we are made manifest unto God and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences for we commend not ourselves again to you for you we, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart for whether we be beside ourselves it is to God or whether we be sober it's for your cause for the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all then all all were all dead and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live to themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again so if we're alive in Christ we're not living unto ourselves we're we're pawns we we've been uh, shipped off into <laughs> to a a new kingdom we're living in Christ and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live to themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh yea though we have known Christ after the flesh now yet now henceforth know him no more after the flesh in other words we're to know him as the resurrected Lord now people were running around bragging especially to Paul well you know you didn't know him like we did Paul you know who you think you are and Paul saying I know the resurrected Lord that's the only one you need to be familiar with therefore <clears throat> if any man be in Christ he is a new creation old things are passed away behold all things are become new everything about you new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ so once you first of all you have to be reconciled to God you go to him in repentance you go to him asking forgiveness and he accepts you based on what Jesus Christ has done on your behalf that's how you get in and he says he has reconciled us to himself God has brought him back brought us back to himself through Jesus Christ and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation 
that is Christ's ministry forever is reconciliation if he's in you then you have that ministry that is the ministry you have so you can go about declaring what the blood of Jesus will do in each and every situation to reconcile people back to God the same way you were reconciled and he says to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ it says nothing here about you being nothing for yourself no more you are ambassadors for Christ once you have adopted this new life your life ends at the foot of the cross and after that you take up what God has ordained for you he says he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses unto them men have committed unto us the word of reconciliation so we're ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you that in Christ's stead that you be reconciled to God for he, for he who hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So here we exchange our old life for his new life. Not to pick up that old life anymore. You know I think people would if people would just focus on just one scripture sometimes they get over themselves. You know how we feel ourselves we so big we just can't do right we got this is so hard for me to go oh, I can't ju- I just uh, uh, uh. Just get up and go tell somebody about Jesus okay forget about yourself. What's wrong with yourself? <clears throat> I think sometimes we don't meditate enough in the essential things of God to get a good foundation. You know, we skip over too much stuff and we don't park there long enough to really get a good foundation so that we can get free of these things that will try and, and beset us so easily. So we're reconciled to him. Second Corinthians 5.19, we're reconciled to Christ. He has delivered unto us a ministry of reconciliation or the ministry of reconciliation. Hebrews 2.7 tells us that Jesus took his blood up into the holy of holies in the heavens to the heavenly mercy seat. And that blood is sprinkled for us. And he that's how he reconciled us. He says... In verse second, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16. I'll start there. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. But took on the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to make like unto his brethren. That he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest. In the things pertaining to God. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So he's made peace. He's paid it off. He's made peace. You can come to the mercy seat expecting good things not bad because we've been reconciled to God. So he's made a perfect high priest because he walked this earth as a man. That's always the the requirement for a priest to be taken from among men so that he can be uh, one who can identify 
with the people one who can uh, feel how the people feel you can't say that God doesn't know how you feel or what you go through because Jesus they say was tempted in all points like as we are he he had to meet the test the word met the test in human flesh of everything that would try to take us down and take us under but the word prevailed and rose above it Jesus suffered the death of loved ones John the Baptist was a beloved cousin of his and he saw him beheaded and in in and uh you know uh, just abused on this earth so he suffered loss just like we suffered loss his father earthly father passed away at some point before he left the earth all of these things he's felt like we feel yet he was able to rise above and through it through the word through the power of the word that was in him because that words on a mission to bring you back into wholeness to make you every whit whole so when you suffer loss in your life that word then gets on a mission to make you whole again in your soul spirit soul mind and body so that you don't have this you know going off to somebody's gravesite every day you know and, and just trying to get them back and go into the the psychics and try to talk to people all that stuff you Christians don't do that stuff we don't do that God's word takes care of those things for us God's words on a mission to take care of those things all we got to do is let that word work I know sometimes people when they suffer loss they don't know how to act so they act stupid you know you see it at funerals they want to jump in the casket so they say but when it goes to the burial site ain't nobody jumping over in there I notice you know I mean come on now people just don't know how to act sometimes so the word then is sent to those people to give them hope and give them healing encouragement all of the things that that loss is trying to take away from them the word comes to them to bring that back that's reconciliation that's making uh, paying every debt making everything whole uh, uh, filling up areas where lack and loss are experienced that's reconciliation folks is to come in there and pay that debt off totally so that you have no evidence of any debt lack loss or anything in your life anywhere and then we're reconciled to God so that he doesn't feel like any of his children are out there and he's lost them we were lost and now we're found and so we get found through the ministry of reconciliation which we can bring to all men in God and so it's a wonderful thing that he's left this for us to work out down here on earth that we would be able to show people the goodness of the living God so reconciliation is the other thing that the word <clears throat> is on a mission to do Jesus repaired the broken law Mm -hmm. he repaired the broken law and he is is able now to allow us the privilege of fulfilling the law you got me we can walk out the things that God tells us to do if it was don't do this we're able to not do it through his power you got me if it's to do this and do it with joy we're able to do that and do it with joy with his power you got me and so all of these things are able because Jesus fulfilled the law he has that law working within himself and if he lives in you you've got that law working within yourself but it's ministered through the mercy of the Holy Spirit and through the grace and empowerment of God it's not 
something where you got to do it and suffer a penalty of a curse. It's something that you can do and be forgiven if you break it. And then you get right back up empowered again. You know, it's a wonderful thing to overcome things that used to hold you down. And used to keep you back and keep you restricted, keep you restrained. Overcoming is a wonderful thing. You can get into situations now where you used to be fearful of people and sweating and couldn't talk and all that kind of stuff. And now God can take you and you can walk through these things and you can be confident in them because you're able to get that fear under control and all those other things that used to to hinder you. So it's a good thing to be an overcomer. It's a good thing to walk out the law of God and know and be confident. I can do this now. You know, I can really accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. I have to sit back and and be nervous around church people or nervous around saints thinking I'm not measuring up. God's caused me to measure up. There's no lack in me. There's no nothing missing in me anymore. I can go into these situations by faith knowing that there's nothing hanging on me to trip me up and cause me to mess it up as we've done so many times. You know, This is a, a mess up proof a covenant that we have. Praise God. Finally. huh? Finally. We have no debts. God's not looking for us to get us for something. God is able to bring parties together in peace without offenses and without suspicion of each other you know know, some people want to be your friend and they wonder what they want you know (laughs) you don't have that now you know if you're a believer because you're not concerned about you anymore see the you that used to live doesn't live in that weakness anymore the you that lives now lives in the strength of God and he's not afraid of anybody Jesus ain't afraid of anybody and he's not mad at anybody you know you can you can have a a disagreement with somebody or or have a, a misunderstanding or a fallout or a blowout or blow up or whatever and just come back and say you know what I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that I just you know what yeah me too I accept your apology and it's real and it's genuine and you don't uh suspect each other anymore and you're not watching each other all the time to see what they're going to do next if they really meant it all that kind of stuff is for amateurs folks that's for people who are still living in weakness you know when you're living weakness you're afraid of what's going to happen to you all the time who doesn't like me who's talking about me who's going to stand in my way who's going to keep me from doing this all this kind of nonsense when you're reconciled to God you don't have that anymore if you still experience that you stay in your word and get your mind renewed till you have peace totally where you know that you don't have to be fearful about anything or anybody you don't have to be arrogant and boisterous and trying to bluff everybody either you know what I'm saying you just go somewhere in a corner and be you go do you in a quiet way, you know what I'm saying, a peaceful way. So it's a good thing to to be fearless in this earth, you know. We've lived in fear long enough. It's it's been enough of that. In um Romans five, let me go there because I did want to show you that scripture about reconciliation. Romans chapter five and verse ten, I think it is. For we, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more so being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hey, you're saved by his life. 
So the reconciliation was was what was done to get you into his life. And you continue to be reconciled. If you step away from his life, you can be re-reconciled again. You know, there's no condemnation for the people of God. You can always go to God and get these things. If you get yourself in a place where you made mistakes. Like we're praying for prodigals this year. Because it's very important that God's people recognize that the devil's got them deceived into thinking that they're disinherited. You're not disinherited. But you know if you stay on that side of the fence long enough you'll disinherit yourself. And so we're, we're being saved by his life. We have, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. So we've gotten everything that we need from God. He's paid the total price. There's, you're not waiting on anything. You're not waiting on some great deliverance or you're not waiting on some curse to be broken so that you can get free from something. You, you get yourself in the word of God until you're totally convinced that you're free. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing for believers is they've got to be convinced. Now carnal mindedness is, is killing the body of Christ because we don't spend enough time understanding who we are and what we have so that we're renewed to it. In Matthew, I'm sorry, uh, Colossians 1.20, I'll go there. I think that's the last scripture I had. Colossians 1.20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross as shalom, not just peace, quiet down, settle down, but made wholeness, soundness, healing, deliverance, everything. It says having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind. By wicked works yet now hath he reconciled. So even your mind can be estranged from God. You can have a saved spirit in an estranged mind. But he says you are now reconciled back to God. There's nothing to keep you away from him. You just have to convince yourself of that. And so when God does a work of reconciliation. All debts are paid. All offenses are forgiven. Everything that was against you now. Now has been dealt with and taken care of. You are free to serve the living God. You're not free to sin again. You are free to serve the living God. Because now you live in Christ. He was never free to sin. You got me? He was committed by his own word to the Father. He was tempted. But he was bound to his own word. That proved that he had the ability to overcome all temptations and obey God in all things. So the other purpose of the word, the other mission of the word is to bring the promises of God to pass. Titus 1.2 tells us that God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. In Romans 4. In verse 21. It talks about Abraham here. He says he was fully persuaded that what God has promised he was able also to perform. 
that word that Abraham received from God so many years ago was on a mission throughout his life just totally on a mission to reconcile man back to God so Abraham's faith was very important in the whole reconciliation process of Jesus Christ in Genesis chapter 12 we first meet that word this is the first time that God's word to Abraham is sent on a mission and you'll see how that word prospered in him it prospered in the thing whereunto God sent it so he sends his word to Abraham <clears throat> Genesis chapter 12 verses 3 and 4 <clears throat> I'm sorry 2 and 3 he says I will make of thee a great nation I will bless thee and make thy name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you and in you shall all families of the earth be blessed now he's blessed Abraham about five or six times just in that one conversation Amen. blessing means I will do you good that was kind of unusual for God to come to people like that because mostly when God came he came down angry that people remembered because the earth was so sinful at that time. So that's why it's a little hard for Abraham to hold on to this because he remembers as he travels these conversations with God but then when the conversation when he gets weak in his faith he goes to God again and what does God do? doesn't upbraid him he doesn't put him down he repeats the same thing over to him in Genesis 15 you'll see that again chapter 15 and verse 1 after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying fear not Abram I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward and Abram asked him a question he says what are you going to give me seeing I go childless and the only person I can got my household to leave my stuff to is this uh, servant of mine. And Abraham says, behold, you've given me no seed. You know, which God had promised him to it. He's got a right to ask him about it. It's not unbelief. If you're aware it is. <laughs> you know, we kind of ease into that and say, well, did I pray right? And am I believing you enough? Or did I tithe? And did I do what I was supposed to do? Well, they didn't have nothing like that around for him to point a finger to. So he just has to be straight with God. It's, it's a good thing to do that. It's good to be straight with God. Just come on out with it and tell him what's on your mind because he knows already. And so the word of the Lord came to him saying, he says, this man is not going to be your heir, but somebody who comes out of your own bowels shall be your heir. In other words, this is going to be your natural seed. This is going to be issued forth out of your body. Just like the son is issued forth from the mind of the, the word of God is issued forth from the mind of the father. Children are issued forth from the body of the father. This is sent on a mission. So the word that comes to Abraham from God, just like that word came out of God's mouth into him on a mission, it's going to complete a mission in his natural body. He's going to have children come out of his own body, even though he's old. Abraham kind of takes that the wrong way and they wind up having a child with the maid which we know caused trouble. A lot of things that we take uh, away from God and we try to work them out on our own terms cause us trouble. 
always and so here we have trouble coming to his house but then in Genesis 17 God comes to Abram again he's 99 years old now and God tells him he says I'm going to make my covenant between me and you personally I'm having a personal encounter with with you when he when he in verse chapter 15 when God talked to Abram he made a a covenant between Abraham on the half of all mankind you see that because there's there's no involvement of Abraham in this covenant it's the father represented and the son represented by a smoking uh, 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 fire in a burning furnace. What well, there was a censer there, and they were. Uh, that's how the father and the son were represented in this covenant. So this was a redemption promise to all of mankind. When God told Abraham He would bless him, make his name great, and his children would be as numerous as the sands of the sea. On the sands on the seashore and the stars in the sky. So that was a covenant God was making through Abraham on the part of all humanity. That's one level of the covenant. And then the personal one comes where he's making it through Abraham and his natural descendants. And that's the one you see here in chapter 17. And so Abram said to God, <clears throat> that that he he Abraham accepted, and that's where the circumcision of the human flesh came in, and all the Hebrews had to be circumcised back in that day in order to have a covenant with God. So God took care of two things through this word He sent to Abraham while He was sitting there as a a, a, a pagan worshiper in Ur of the Chaldees. He promises him a twofold inheritance: your descendants will be numerous numerous too many to count so that's all of the people who have accepted God throughout the ages are descendants of Abraham and also his natural seed was included in that covenant down to Jesus Christ as the redeemer of the whole world and so that one word he spoke to him so many years ago that he would he would be has caused descendants to be even being born again now as descendants of Abraham so that word that he spoke is still on a mission every time you go to witness to somebody every time you pray for somebody who's sick and tell them that Jesus is their healer all of these things that we do in Jesus name is a fulfillment of that that word that he gave to Abraham it's still working folks it's still on a mission it is still accomplishing I don't care how much people criticize you know there's so many criticisms given about God's people the body of Christ we need to be doing this we need to be doing that well you know check in with the head of the church and see how we're doing just check in with God and see how we're doing we're still on a mission here I don't care how many missionaries we send somewhere and and they don't do what they're supposed to do or they don't take care of the people like they're supposed to they're still people that God that word is working in everybody who will receive it and so at that word when God's word goes forth folks when we pray his word when we speak his word when we obey his word when we fulfill his word that word of reconciliation is still working 
working for us and it'll continue to work until Jesus has completed everything in this earthly ministry of his amen father we thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you Lord for giving us the word of reconciliation that we can pass it on to others we can bless them we can encourage them and we can help them in so many ways through your holy word and we bless you and we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen praise god amen 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 if anybody needs prayer come on up